are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss, and we are without Ulysses Sembrano and without Evan Klosky, but we are the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked on Rays your very first listen every day. And remember, Locked on Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked on Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Rays. And you can email us anytime, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. Now, normally uh, a Friday or a Thursday, you know, we switch it around sometimes. Uh, we at least try to carve out one day a week where we can have Evan Klosky, WTSP sports director on the program. Uh, but he was occupied. He had bigger and better things. I believe flying up to long Island for a wedding, a Friday wedding, uh, is what he texted me. Um, and he was like, yeah, it's weird that there's a Friday wedding. And I'm thinking, well, it is fall. And we are in Florida, so there's two reasons I can think of, two pretty solid reasons why somebody would decide to have a wedding on a Friday in the fall. Reason number one is college football on Saturday. Reason number two is NFL on Sunday. In fact, the last couple weddings I've gone to have been in Florida and have been on Fridays, if I recall. But uh, I digress from that. Uh we are a Rays baseball podcast, of course, so might as well talk about a little bit of that, even though uh, i got to be honest, I'm full swing into football season. I've got trying to win $1,000 in my fantasy football league, so really focused on that. Um, the last time that uh, I was on the podcast uh, or co-hosting the Lockdown Rays podcast, uh, that was before the Rays got disappointingly swept by the Houston Astros, uh, but were able to wipe off their their wounds uh, from that and win game one versus the Blue Jays by a score of 10 to 5. Nice to see the offensive output there. We'll see if they can continue it on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Good opportunity to make up some ground and really position yourself for the wild card race and the postseason race. And um, being able to beat up on the Blue Jays uh, would be nice for sure. But one of the themes that uh, we continue to see, I guess it's not going to change uh, whether it's month one or month six for the Rays is the injury bug. The injury bug continues to bite the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, I find out, I look at the lineup for Friday night's game and I see that uh, Taylor Walls is not in the lineup and that he is dealing with a groin issue. Will he go on the injured list? I don't know. That's to be determined. In his place will be Miles Mastroboni starting. And I, I got to issue an apology to, to Miles Mastroboni in the next segment. Um, so Taylor Walls dealing with an issue. Shane McClanahan, of course, earlier this week left the game due to a neck issue. Uh, we'll see what his status is going forward. Again, thankfully, at least it's not the arm, shoulder, elbow, hand, wrist. You know, it's not a throwing motion well, I guess it is maybe somewhat throwing motion related, but at least it's not related to the arm. Same thing with Ryan Yarbrough as he's been placed on the injured list. And I believe at least according to the reports I've heard is that he will be done for the year. And uh, that stinks for Ryan Yarbrough because he was really 
coming on strong and having a good showing of late the last couple of months after, you know, we know how much he struggled all of last year. And, um, he already had an injury list stint to his name and then had been shuffled back and forth to Durham due to unproductivity, but found his footing again. And now he's going on the injured list, which a, a big question for him going forward and for the Rays going forward is, will the Rays bring him back? Will he return in 2023? I mean, thankfully for Yarbrough is again, it's like McClanahan as of right now, it's not arm related. I believe it's an oblique issue he's dealing with, but has Yarbrough did Yarbrough show enough over his last several outings, last several innings to uh, warrant being brought back. We know his um, how reliable and how consistent and how durable he's been for the Rays since he launched his career with them several years ago in the big leagues. I mean, you could count on him for 140, 145, 150 innings. Um, but the the Rays will will certainly have a decision to make, and, and I'm sure some of it has to do with uh, how many guys uh, that they have available for roster spots and, and money as well. Although you know there is a lot of money expected to come off the books, so I would think that you could carve out four and a half five million dollars for Yarbrough. And like we discussed on a previous episode, if it comes down to it, if it's like you're sort of in an in between game where you've got several top up-and-coming prospects, guys coming off um, injury rehab assignments, whatever it may be. And it's like, well, we're, those guys are kind of question marks. Uh, bring back Yarbrough, have them pitch April, May, June, and then make a decision for July at the trade deadline. If, if you feel comfortable with a, a guy in AAA or, or a guy that is coming back from injury, that you can promote them and and send Ryan Yarbrough off on his way somewhere else, then so be it. I think he really could be brought back as a safety net for the Rays. Also, let's just remember and realize, I mean, God, pitching injuries, it's its so crazy the amount of guys that get hurt and have injured lists and, and how many guys that you need to roll through through a season. It's almost, I mean, it's really become a game of attrition, almost like football in a way, professional football in a way, and college football in a way for that matter too. My best guess is that uh, Ryan Yarbrough will be in a raised uniform in uh, 2023, albeit uh, maybe just temporarily, maybe just for a couple months. The, the Rays may do the Ridge Hill approach where, you know, Yarbrough stays up with the big league club for a couple months, you know, get, give us your 60, 70, 80 innings, and then you'll be off on your way elsewhere. Uh, we've got much more to discuss on this episode, uh, but first we have to tell you about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, it is where the game starts. So I mentioned briefly, uh, Miles Mastroboni, uh, I have to give him an apology. I remember that his name was kicked around and bandied about as 
a call up earlier on this season, maybe into the off season. And I was like, there is no chance, no way, no chance in hell that miles Mastroboni is going to make it on the 40 man roster, uh, let alone get a call up to the big leagues. And I am certainly eating my words and I would like to publicly apologize to miles uh, and congratulate him for getting the call up after six seasons in the minors, over 600 games in the minors after being a 14th round draft pick in 2016 and not really being on anybody's radar, nobody's radar. Like before this season, he was ranked as the 37th best prospect by fan graphs. He was not on MLB.com's top 30 prospect list for the race. He was not on the radar for D Rays Bay. I mean, nobody, nobody really had him on the radar, but credit to him for, you know, a guy that is a, a mid round draft pick out of college no chrome to him. Uh, you just continue to charge and push and battle and play and be available. And maybe, maybe just eventually you'll get your spot. And his numbers were so good in the minors this year at, at AAA that you couldn't ignore him. You, you, you could only ignore him for so long. You could only leapfrog him with another highly touted, higher rated prospect before giving him an opportunity. I mean, at Durham, he batted 300 with 32 doubles, 16 home runs, 64 RBIs, and 23 stolen bases while leading the International League in runs scored with 92. Moreover, he also ranked fourth in total bases, 238, by the way, and fifth in batting average, and not to mention uh, the versatility for a guy that's five foot 11, 175 pounds, playing second base, right field, left field, center field, third base, shortstop um, over this season. And beyond that, he's lowered his strikeout rate, exhibited more power, and he's a testament to a guy, you know, yeah, you might be a lower round draft pick. You might get looked over, but if you keep playing, if you keep working, if you keep training and believing in yourself, eventually, eventually, you should get that opportunity. Somebody will get that opportunity. Somebody will give you that opportunity, whether it's with the Rays or elsewhere. It's it's very reminiscent of Mike Brasso. I mean, Mike Brasso was off the radar. I mean, he was undrafted out of college and nobody was talking about him until he continued to put up numbers at every level of the minor leagues and the Rays eventually gave him a shot. And we saw what he was able to make of it. And he's, he's bounced around a little bit, but he's, he's still a big leaguer for sure. So it doesn't matter where you come from or how you do it, uh, just produce and you'll eventually get discovered and found. So uh, again, I would like to Publicly apologize to Miles Mastroboni. Uh, is he going to be in a Rays uniform for the next year, two years, three years, four years, five years? I don't know. Probably not. I would imagine that the development of other guys within the system will probably kick him off the radar, so to speak. But uh, you never know. I, I, I sort of, though, see Miles Mastroboni as, I mean, this is a great opportunity for him to to showcase his skill set at the big league level, but I think he could um, really be a, a valuable utility player for a rebuilding team or a team that's that's trying to find their footing. I just don't know if he's going to get enough reps um, to to warrant a spot at the big league club. Like, uh, do, do the Rays are they carving out a spot for Miles Masturbone in twenty twenty three? 
I would guess probably not. But again, credit to him for what he's been able to do. And um, you hope he's able to to keep it up. I mean, it's a great story. And, and clearly, just reading some of the clippings that I saw, um, the his fellow teammates were just ecstatic about the opportunity. So not only do you have to produce on the field, but being a good person and endearing yourself to your teammates and your coaches and fellow staff members, that can also go a long way. That can be the little bit of extra push that you need of like, okay, yeah, the the numbers look good. The, the stat line looks good, but how is he as a person? How is he going to fit in the clubhouse? What What is his dynamic going to be? Now, not that this necessarily uh, matters or makes a difference, but um, I mean, he is very, very controllable going forward for the race. He would be theoretically under club control through at least the 2028 season and will be optionable for the next three years. So that certainly helps too. Um, so kudos to him for what he's been able to do. I know um, I, I basically laughed everybody off when his name was thrown about months ago. And then really within the last several weeks, I was like, well, man, look at his numbers. He might warrant a shot here. And, uh, and he has, so very good for him. Um, speaking of that, Miles getting the call up from the minor leagues, uh, the Rays did announce uh, their organization minor league award winners and just want to give credit to these guys as well. Uh, the player, the minor league player of the year for the Rays was first baseman Kyle Manzardo. The pitcher of the year was Mason Montgomery, who I am still on uh, Team Montgomery. I think that he, I know there's been so much talk and hype surrounding Taj Bradley, but I think this Montgomery kid could, uh, he might be, he might very well wind up having a better big, uh, big league career than Taj Bradley. At least um, that's, that's my opinion at this point in time. Uh, reliever of the year, right-hander Javi Guerra, defensive player of the year, infielder Carson Williams. Pretty impressive for Carson Williams, a guy that is a year out of high school. Uh, he was a, a top pick for the Rays. Um, that's pretty awesome that his glove has been that good, that young. Usually guys that young, it, it, it's sort of the, the glove takes some time to develop. So he could, I, I mean, it, it's just one of those things where the Rays are just loaded with middle infield prospects. And you hope that, I mean, it's a, it's a numbers game. You hope that uh, you know, one out of five, one out of six turns out to really, really hit for you. And Carson Williams, among others, maybe that guy, of course, he's got a long way to go. I think he's still uh, re-ended the year at single A. So it might be another two, three, four years even before he's with the big league club. And let's remember, there's a long list of uh, other guys that uh, might be deserving of a shot at some point, be it, uh, I mean, we, we know about Vidal Brujan and and Greg Jones, there's Alica Williams. I mean, there's there's so many, so many middle infielders out there. Uh, base runner of the year, Mason Auer. And then the Eric Walker community champion was Bobby Seymour. So congratulations to those guys, as well as uh, Miles Mastroboni. Again, I mean, I, I hope you do big things. And I hope, you know, it'd be really, really cool if Mastroboni had a, uh, a Mike Brasso moment or two, whether it be in the regular season or who knows. I mean, I don't think he would make uh, get, get a playoff opportunity, but you never know.
I want to end things with a couple listener comments. I know it's not a uh, mailbag episode per se, but figure, hey, doing the show solo today, why not? Why not give some love to our dedicated listeners out there? Uh, This first comment from Argenis Rashad he says, amid the series versus the Houston Astros, and given the fact that the Rays front office is known for playing chess while others are playing checkers, I wonder if the Rays have set their eyes in any soon-to-be free agent from the other team. Mm, interesting point there, Argenis. Uh, I know we've talked about this before on the pod that Michael Brantley could look pretty good in a raised uniform. I still believe that's the case. But let's also not forget the Astros also have a guy by the name of Trey Mancini on the roster. Now, I believe Mancini 2023 would be a mutual option between him and the Astros. And I think it's a toss-up on whether the Astros would bring him back because he has been struggling with the Astros batting under 200 and just his numbers are not in line with what we've seen from his career. So maybe that could be an option for the Rays going forward. But again, we've talked about it. The, the Rays have to do something middle of the order. They, they need some sort of veteran presence, whether it's going after Michael Brantley, whether it's going after Trey Mancini, whether it's bringing back David Peralta, going out and getting uh, Andrew McCutcheon or a Josh Bell or a J.D. Martinez whatever it may be. I mean, there are a lot of veteran middle of the order types that should be on the market in 2023. But, you know, it's funny because I think it's, while there's a lot of guys available, it will probably be slim pickings for the likes of JD Martinez, Jose Abreu, Charlie Blackman, those types of guys, because so many of the other guys that you know, maybe the Rays or another team would go after have had such underwhelming seasons thus far. Like you look at a guy like Eric Hosmer and Jorge Soler and Evan Longoria, even Brandon Belt, Adam Duvall, Carlos Santana, AJ Pollock, Joey Gallo, like guys you'd normally think about, okay, maybe they get a multi-year deal and uh, they're in the running a little bit, but, um, and, and maybe that's also an opportunity where those guys had have or, or have had such down years that the Rays throw a little stick out there and say, Hey, we'll give you a one-year prove it deal. Come here, reestablish your value and, and move on from there. So maybe that's what the Rays go after uh, as opposed to giving a multi-year deal to one of the aforementioned guys like a, a Josh Bell or a JD Martinez or a Jose Abreu. Again, the, the Rays, um, it, this is a different race team. They, they are spending a little bit more money in different ways. I don't know if they're ready to, Outside of Wander Franco, of course, I don't know if they're ready to give a, a Jose Abreu a, a three-year, $50 million deal. I think they're still in the, okay, we'll give you a, a one-year, $8 million deal, a two-year, $10 million deal, something in line with that. But um, Trey Mancini, he is from Winter Haven, went to, I believe, Winter Haven High School uh, before going to Notre Dame. And um I wouldn't, it'd be pretty cool to see him in a raised uniform. Not going to lie. Not going to lie. So fun comment there from Argenis. And then uh, lastly, uh, Rhodes Conover, who has uh, been very friendly to us as of late, has a really interesting comment. Uh, He says, 
I believe Major League Baseball is trending towards spreadsheets and data to a sometimes dangerous degree that will prevent the growth of the game. I'm aware it was his first start back from the IL, but last week Max Scherzer was uh, was pulled from a perfect game after six innings and 68 pitches. If this were an outlier, uh, outlier, it would not bother me so much, but this feels like something I am frustrated with multiple times a season. My question is, should the MLB, should MLB, should MLB consider giving some sort of additional draft pick to teams per player that completes a full no-hitter or perfect game? If a player has multiple in a year, that wouldn't grant a pick, but multiple players would in this system. Are there other ways you can think of to incentivize teams to allow individual players to go for individual achievements like these? Man, that's a look, the baseball is being more creative and throwing out more interesting and progressive rule sets out there. So I wouldn't put it past them if they incorporated something, maybe not this extreme, but you never know. I kind of like it uh, to, to incentivize some of those big moments and some of those big career arcs for those players. Now, regarding the, the Max Scherzer question, yeah, I mean, Rhodes, you hit it on the head. He was coming back from the IL, first start back from the IL. The Mets already had, I think, a 5 nothing lead at the time in the game, and Max Scherzer, yes, he is Max Scherzer, but he's also 38 years old. At some point, you got to think bigger picture here and think playoffs, and that is what the Mets are looking at. They want to save and salvage as much of Max Scherzer and others for the playoffs as possible, and honestly, I, I don't have an issue with it. If this happened in May, June, April, maybe July, then I could see where more frustration would boil up. But when you're getting into mid, late September, and you're so close, you're so close to getting to the finish line and getting to the postseason, which, uh, you know, Mets fans certainly, uh, you, you ask any Mets fan, you ask any baseball fan, what would you rather have? Uh, a no-hitter, perfect game for Max Scherzer in, in a regular season ball game against the Brewers or or any little inch, any little inch advantage or, or something that could help you in the playoffs. And um, I see what they're doing and I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, but yeah, you're right. This is, this is where the game's going. And, and again, I, I mentioned it earlier in this episode, I feel like a broken record already, but pitching injuries, it's a thing. It's, it's becoming, it's getting to, epidemic levels. I know that's a strong word, but basically within the, the world of baseball, that's what we're getting to there. But I'm, I, I dig it, you know, perfect game, no hitter. You get an extra draft pick, you get a compensation pick. I mean, yeah, I guess that's the question is, uh, some sort of additional draft pick. I mean, you don't want that draft pick to be after the 20th round. That's basically worthless, but maybe after the, you know, uh, fifth round or something like that. You get a, a, a top five round, top 10 round draft pick, maybe, or, or get some extra bonus pool money. Maybe that's, maybe that's where you can uh, help your team and help your system and, and incentivize things a little bit. Like, Hey, you get a player that gets that perfect game, no hitter, full nine innings. All right. We'll give you an extra 250, $300,000 towards the bonus pool. 
just throwing ideas out there. Uh, look, I mean, baseball's banning shifts. They're making the bases bigger. They're putting time clocks out there. Robot umpires, I'm sure, are coming through at some point. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happens at some point. Uh, all right. Thank you for making the Locked on Rays podcast your very first listen every day. Uh, remember to check out and subscribe also to the Locked on MLB podcast with Soli, our buddy Soli. Uh, he gives us a lot of shouts, uh, shout outs on social media as well. So we'll give him a shout out on the pod. Um, next week, we should, uh, both Ulysses and I should be back in the saddle. And then uh, Evan Klosky should be joining us next week as well. So stay tuned for that. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you on Monday.